Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to make the next season of life their best one yet. I am your host, Jenny Gwynn. You might find yourself transitioning into a new phase of life as your children become more independent or leave the nest. Mama, I am here to tell you that your life isn't over. You simply have new opportunities ahead of you. After years of pouring your heart and soul into raising your family, it is your turn to reconnect with yourself. In this podcast, we will talk about the joys and challenges of midlife. You will be inspired to rediscover your God-given purpose or to dust off old dreams and make them a reality. You'll learn how to navigate relationships with your adult children, to reconnect in your marriage, or focus on your health by being more active or finally losing the weight you've struggled with for years. Whatever this next season of life brings, this podcast will equip and encourage you to be happy, healthy, and holy. Hey friends, welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle. I hope you are having a great week. So today, I am with Rosemary Geiger, and Rosemary is a new friend. I recently met her, and she has started this beautiful new ministry in Nashville. It's a ministry she was involved in before she moved here from California, and I invited Rosemary on because there's an an amazing opportunity coming up in August. So I asked her to come and share with all of you about this ministry. So welcome, Rosemary. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. So the name of this ministry is Magnificat. Magnificat. Absolutely. So tell us, how did you get involved? Okay, well, Magnificat, the name came from St. Luke, Blessed Mother, going in haste to her cousin Elizabeth to help her. So it's a woman's ministry, a woman-to-woman, women helping each other. And it's all through the Holy Spirit, because that's how Blessed Mother brought us all Jesus, is through the Holy Spirit. So that's where it all originated in 1981 in New Orleans. And uh, I went to Medjugorje in 1990 and came back totally on fire and heard about this Magnificat meal coming up in San Diego. And I lived in North San Diego, so it was about 45 minutes from my home. And I decided I wanted to go to this all by myself. I didn't want to invite my girlfriends. I didn't want anybody to know. I just wanted to go and be fed. So I went to this not knowing what I was going to expect, and it was an incredible and beautiful, beautiful woman's ministry. The women come together, and, you know, you you get to know people from other parishes. You get to know people that have similar journeys, and, and they're walking your walk that right. you think you're the only one that's ever going to walk that walk or ever did walk that walk. Right. Um, we have always have delicious food. Got to have lots of food and good food. And uh, praise and worship. We have half hour or so of praise and worship music. And then we bring on a speaker. And the speaker tells the testimony, their personal testimony. And everybody likes to hear a story, and everyone likes to just kind of sit back and listen to somebody else's story and see how it relates to them, or maybe it relates to their daughter or their granddaughter or 
their mom. Right. We can learn so much from one another. Right, right. And so uh, this particular meal that I went to, beautiful, beautiful nun was there. And she was speaking her personal testimony about how she went through. She had been married. Her husband uh, was abusive. She stayed with him. She had all these children. Then her husband died. She got so involved in the church. She always was a very strong Catholic, and uh, she, it, which led her into another vocation, and she became a nun, and she helped many, many prisoners in Tijuana, and that's how I met her. And while she was actually giving her testimony— I had an image of the Blessed Mother standing behind her. Oh, beautiful. And I had never had anything like that happen to me. And I thought that I was, it was the tears in my eyes. Uh, I was, you know, what was going on with me. I didn't understand it. Uh, but I kept quiet about it. And at the end of the meal, I was extremely touched. And I went home, and I told my husband about it. And my husband said to me, you know, you need to call the women that head that ministry up and let them know what happened. And I go, are you kidding? I'm not calling those women. Those are holy women. You know, I'm just an average old, you know, a lady here with, right. you know, with kids. I, no, no, no. And he kept encouraging me to, to call them. So I did. I called them. They invited me to their home and a few days later, and we met, and that's how I became involved. They eventually invited me to join the team, and so I was on their team, but you had to drive 45 minutes to get to central San Diego, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to open my own chapter in north San Diego. Right. So, you know, this was 30-some years ago, and so... It was easy. I just called the head chapter in New Orleans, and they said to me, okay, you need to do this. And I went out and found five women to help me with this. And then I call them up and say, I did this. And they would tell you, okay, you know, that's good. Now you got to do this. Well, today, it's a long, long drawn out process to start a new chapter to start a new chapter so when i came to nashville and i came here i moved here 5 years ago because uh i came with my daughter and her husband and at the time my daughter had 3 children under the age of 4 i was a widow and so i came to help them right and so um i had very very hard decision for me to leave my hometown and all my sisters in Magnificat. That was very, very difficult. But I had some spiritual guidance through a priest named Father Dave Pabanka. Yes. And he told me to get out of the boat. He said, Rosemary, just get out of the boat. So you moved to Nashville, and you had advice to step out of the boat, which is great advice for all of us. Sometimes it's tricky to step out of the boat, take that leap of faith, um, we all desire stability and certainty. And so I can totally relate with you about stepping out of the boat. Hosting this radio show was an example of where 
I felt God calling me, but I was, you know, kept thinking, I can't do it. I, I'm not the right person. But stepping out of the boat, it's amazing what God places in your life when you're willing to do that. So, Rosemary, you come to Nashville and you find out that someone else is working on the Magnificat chapter. They're trying to start the chapter here. So then what happened? So I just threw myself into my parish. I got into woman's ministry at my parish, put on a woman's retreat and a woman's prayer breakfast there, and got to know a lot of the women, got involved with Bible studies. I just threw myself into where I knew I would be comfortable. And it's always in my Catholic faith. It's always with my Catholic women. And so that's what I did. So, And then I know part of this, when we talked before, is another ministry was born out of the waiting. You were waiting on God to guide you. Tell us about this other ministry, because it is so beautiful. So my cousin in Arizona sent me some paperwork on a new ministry called Seven Sisters Apostolate. And at first, I just looked at it, and then I put it on my desk, and I did not open it for a couple of months. And then when I did open it, I was very intrigued because Magnificat, part of their charisms is our priests. Right. So here is another ministry being handed to me about praying for our priests. So the first thing I did is I went to Father Eric, our pastor, and I asked him about this, and he was so for it. He said, what priest would ever turn down prayer? Absolutely. So we began at Our Lady of the Lake. And what we do is seven women, each lady takes one day of the week to spend one hour of her choosing in adoration for the intentions of the priest. Yes. Their pastor. Well, at the time, we had three or four priests at, at Our Lady of the Lake. So after Father Eric, it just happened where other women would come to me and say, I'd like to do this one for Father Thomas. I'd like to do this one for Father Luke. I, you know, And so that's how this ministry began. And all through word of mouth, other women from other parishes began to call me. And I know we had it at my parish at St. Edward. Yes. We had a group of women who were involved in it. Yes, you still do. Yes. Yes, you still do. Some parishes have two and three. St. Rose of Lima, they have three or four, depending on how many priests are there. Now, in Nashville, we built over 40 different parish groups. And this is... Beautiful. You know, it, this is beautiful. Now, uh, it's all been approved. Bishop Mark Spalding was elated with this. Absolutely. And so we've been going now for probably three and a half years. Well, and I think this is such a beautiful lesson that when you pray for something, you feel called in a direction and you feel like it's a good thing. And, you know, you got here and I'm sure you were disappointed that Magnificat wasn't working out the way that you expected. And you were probably like, God, what are you doing? You know, this is a good thing. Instead, you know, it was a little detour. Because look at the beautiful 
um, fruits that have come out of this, the beautiful ministry that we didn't have here, but to have 40 groups praying for our vocations in Nashville, that's amazing. It is amazing. And what's so good is that when I moved here, I didn't know anybody. So each group has at least seven women. Some have 10 because they have substitutes. So if you think about 40 different groups at seven or eight people, we're talking three or 400 women now that I am affiliated with. And since I've been asked two years ago to begin Magnificat, now we have, I have a base Absolutely. Of women yes. to reach out to, to get this other ministry going as well. Right. God was just slowing you down a little bit so He could lay the foundation Absolutely. of Absolutely. this Magnificat ministry. So let's talk about Magnificat a little bit more. You said it started in New Orleans. That's where the ministry was founded. Yes. And what... Like, if, if I were to join Magnificat, what would it look like? What would be expected of me? Would I go to meetings? Okay, it's so simple. When you come to the first meal, you will be given information. Okay. And we will ask you if you want to get involved, if you want to help, if you want to be a member. To be a member costs nothing. But to get involved, you just tell us what your gifts are and what you want to do. So there's so many areas that we can reach out and and grasp the gifts that God has given each one of our women. And you know we're all different. Right. We're all different. That's right. what makes us a community, a body, you know. So the women that have a gift of prayer will want to join the prayer ministry. The women that have a, a gift for decorating and design, they're going to want to come and decorate all the tables. The women that love to greet people and make them feel welcome when they come into the meal, those are called greeters. Then we have hostesses. We have a lady at each table that will see to the needs of every single woman at that table so that the women come in, they leave their problems at home, they come in and they are fed. Well, and that is so nice because so many times women are the ones who are giving and so to have an opportunity for women to come in and be taken care of and to receive, because that's hard for a lot of us to receive, giving right. is more natural. So to have an opportunity where there is the chance that you could be on the committee and help and share your gifts, but you could also just come and sit, receive, and be filled. Correct. And, you know, I know a lot of times uh, when you belong to an organization, you do have a lot of meetings, but we don't. We really don't. If you're part of a chair group, let's say for the decorating committee, right before the next meal, and we have four meals a year, so right before the next meal, you would get with your group and decide what you want to do for the table. And then you would have a craft party or, you know, making whatever that you want to do, you know, to design that table. And it can be simple as a rosebud or it can be as elaborate as, you know, I've seen um, uh, Blessed Mother statues made out of paper mache. Oh, I mean, gorgeous things. Elaborate, yes. Yeah, very, very nice things. And so, uh, and then what we do is we normally sell those and ask for a donation, and that helps the ministry. It pays the cost of 
what we're doing, but it also helps the ministry. So you've been involved in this ministry for, did you say 30 years? Yeah, over. 30 years. So share with us some of the fruits that you have seen come out of it, the way women have been touched, maybe, you know, transformations. You shared with us how you were called to get involved and serve, but what are some other things that you have seen? I think one of the main things, and I know this even for myself, we all have trials. All women have trials at all different ages of our lives. Right. And But while we're going through those trials, a lot of women think that they're the only ones that ever have had to go through this. And they don't even want to tell anybody. Now, in my case, I didn't want to tell anybody what was going on with me because I was embarrassed and I thought it was all my fault. You go to a meal and you listen to a testimony from a woman that has gone through what you've gone through. And it just touches your heart. It opens your heart. It gives you hope. It gives you hope. And it also releases uh, some of the anxieties from some of the things that the Catholic Church has to offer, such as confession. Yes. Because, you know, you go to confession and you are cleansed. And when you totally understand it, you are cleansed. Or when you receive Jesus in the Eucharist. You are filled with him. You are filled with him. And you take him and then you give him mainly to your family. And how many women are the heart of their home? So their women are touching their families. They're touching their children, their grandchildren, their husbands. We've seen so many conversions. We've helped women that have gone through multiple abortions that just could never forgive themselves. Now they understand, and they get it. You know, they get it. And what happens is they turn around and they help somebody else. else. Yes, they pay it forward. Yeah, yeah, pay it forward. And you talked about um, that you went to Medjugorje, and I have a Medjugorje heart. I don't even know if we've talked about that. So when you went to Medjugorje and, you know, of course you were immersed in just the Holy Spirit and the Blessed Mother and the sacraments. And it sounds like your heart was just filled and you had a conversion. And that prompted you to go to this meal. And then again, you had another conversion. And I think it's important to realize that anytime we can immerse ourselves in a meal like you're talking about or a pilgrimage or going to a prayer group or anything, Mm -hmm. that allows God to fill our hearts. It allows Him to give us a different perspective and to fuel us for where He's calling us to go. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, the Lord speaks to us all day. If we would just listen, we would hear Him. We would hear Him guide us. But we're so busy, and there's so much noise going on. So many distractions. You know, like attracts like. And I love being with my sisters in Christ. Amen. We talk the same language. We think the same. We go to the same kind of movies. We watch the same kind of shows on television. And then we can share our trials and our labors, our pains, whatever we're going through. And... That is wonderful. I mean, I can't explain. I don't know how people that do not have faith 
and good Christians have faith. Great, but the Catholic Church offers so much more, and we need to embrace it. We just need to embrace it. And I felt like when I came here to Nashville that I was, that that's what I was bringing. You know, I, it was a, a new ministry, and I was bringing this to open the eyes of so many women here in Nashville. Our first meal is August 19th. It's here at the Pastoral Center. Okay. And Father Don Calloway, who is very Marian, very Marian priest, he's written 16 or 17 books. He's very big in his St. Joseph consecration and bringing St. Joseph to the head of the house that helps your husband. His testimony will just touch your heart, not only about the priesthood, but about your own children, your son. You know, I can't imagine what Father Calloway's mother, I think her name is Chiquita, what she went through when he went through his conversion. You know, right. I just I just can't imagine. But anyway, the women will come in and they will have fellowship with one another, and we will have a hostess at every table that sees to all of their needs. We'll have a fabulous meal catered by Fantastic to work with. He is, yes. And they will be here to, uh, we came up with a wonderful meal. And then we will have praise and worship. Now, we have praise and worship for 20 to 30 minutes. Our singer is Donna Lee, and she is an international Catholic singer from California. And she offered to come out here to get us started. And I just can't tell you how fortunate we are to have her. And hopefully, at this meal, it's going to raise up some musicians that are sitting in our meal. To want to be involved in the next one. To be involved in the music ministry. So, after the praise and worship, then we have our personal testimony. And Father Don has a beautiful testimony. And he he will share about his books, but maybe five minutes at the end. Okay. His talk is about where he was in the beginning until now, how God touched his life, but how Mother Mary touched his life. She's the one that brought him to Jesus. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful testimony. People need to hear that these miracles do happen, that the Monica and St. Augustine times are still going on today. Right. Monica prayed for her son for 18 years before he converted, and he became a doctor of the church and a bishop. Yes, those prayers are for our children are so important. Very important. So— uh, and then after the testimony, we will have hands-on prayer. Now, we have prayer groups that will pray over people, and then the meal is over. We have four meals a year. And to start off with this first year, we've decided to have them at four different parishes in the area, north, south, east, and west, so that we can touch as many women as we can. The next meal will be uh, Judy Zeldin. And she is one of the founders of Magnificat from New Orleans, who no longer is on the service team, but she's a writer. And she writes Bible studies 
for women, women Bible studies, all about women to women. She'll be here with us in um, December. Then we have Christine Watkins is coming in February, and Bishop, our own Bishop Mark Spaulding is going to come, and he's not just going to come and eat with us. He's going to come and enjoy the meal with us and be with his women in the diocese. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. You all can't see Rosemary as I sit here and talk with her, but the excitement is pouring off of her. I can feel the Holy Spirit. I can... There are so many fruits that are going to come from these meals. I think it's going to be a great way to unite the diocese, especially the women in the diocese, like you said, the heart of the diocese. And we know that once women are set on fire, they don't just keep it to themselves. They go out and tell other women, and they talk, and they share. And so I imagine each meal will grow and grow. So I'm very excited. I feel excited about this upcoming meal. The meal is August 19th. August 19th. How can people get tickets? It's going to be in every parish bulletin in our 55 parishes that we have in Nashville. We also have a website, and you can go on and put in Nashville Magnificat Ministry, and it'll come up. Okay. You'll be able to see that if you have any questions, you can call any one of us. The The team that I have, and I want to mention them because they had never even heard of Magnificat, and these five women have come on board two years ago, and they have been faithful, strong, Catholic women that the six of us are so close. We truly are sisters in Christ. We fight like sisters. We love like sisters. We're just sisters in Christ. Right. We have a spiritual advisor. His name is Father Emmanuel. And he was recommended to me by Bishop Spaulding and Father Gilstrap. They said that this priest, he's so spirit-filled. He's our Father Emmanuel here. Yes, yes. yes. He's amazing. He's amazing. He can sing. He can dance. He he writes music. He writes books. And... Uh, he has two parishes, and he he wants to come to every one of our meetings. He wants to be involved with us as, as often as possible. God opened the door, first of all, for this magnificent team, and then this fabulous spiritual advisor that we can go to anytime. Yes. And and then our our the openness of our own bishop that would say, Yes, bring it on, bring yes. it on. You know, uh, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, he's all for it. And I love him for that. He's just a special, special bishop. And we tend to take our bishop and our priest for granted. And we need to love them. We just need to love them. And so I hope we've already got two priests that actually signed up to come. I'm hoping that a lot of the women will invite their parish priest to come so that they can see exactly what's going on here. Yes, So as we close, I want to thank you for listening to God and stepping out of the boat, for being courageous enough to step out of the boat, um, because it's you're going to touch so many of us here in Nashville. So thank you. But I also know that there may be women who are listening to this who maybe feel like they're not worthy enough, they're not holy enough, like that's what other people do except for me. So what little piece of advice would you give women who are not sure if it's the right thing for them or not? 
I think the first thing they need to do would be to pray and just ask the Lord to touch their heart. Lord, if you want me to come, Lord, if you want me to get involved, tell me. Lord, I'm thick. You've got to tell me two or three times, but tell me, talk to me, talk to my heart. Let me know that this is where you want me to be, and he will do it. He will do it. Just like if we ask the Lord, you know, Lord, I want to be a saint. I can't be like Mother Teresa, and I can't be like Teresa of Avila. Right. But we are all called to be saints, and all we have to do is ask for it and then be open to the Spirit, and we'll receive it. Yes, great advice. Rosemary, thank you again for being here. Oh, you're welcome. All right, friends, I will put the link in the show notes and make sure that they are available for you. Let's end with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all of the graces that you are pouring over our diocese, not only our diocese, but around the country. Lord, we ask that you stir up hearts, that you reach out to women to let them recognize the gifts that you've placed within them, the gifts that you need them to use to build up your kingdom. So together, we can give you glory. Lord, we ask that you bless our families. We ask that you bless our priests and our church communities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, friends, stay happy, healthy, and holy, and I will see you next week. God bless. For more information on Catholic Moms in the Middle or to set up your complimentary Moms in the Middle mentoring session, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com or find me on Facebook at Catholic Moms in the Middle for even more encouragement and support as you embrace this next season of life. The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is musicbyshawn, S-H-A-W-N, williams.com.